Hello and welcome back to our American Queen podcast. This week we have back our friend Elena. Um, she did our Evermore initial reactions episode, so we're happy to have her back to talk about Fearless because I believe she is a Fearless stan. Is that correct? I am. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited about this. That's great because I feel like Aaron and I, we don't really listen to Fearless that much. So we definitely wanted another perspective on it. Yes. And somebody who loves Fearless. Elena, did you go to the Fearless yeah. tour? No, the okay. tour I went to was 1989 and I want to say Speak Now. Okay. Wow. So I knew you had gone to an earlier one. I wasn't sure if it was Fearless or Speak Now. but No, I think it was Speak Now, yeah. Okay. I'm jealous, but anyway. <laughs> um, what is your favorite song? Let's start with this. Everybody's favorite song off of Fearless. Off of Fearless. Just like the original Fearless, not Taylor's mm-hmm. version. Um, mine, I think, was from the beginning, it was always White Horse. Wow, mm-hmm. interesting. But Forever and Always is a, is a close mm-hmm. second. Forever and Always is my personal favorite. I would mm-hmm. say, for me, the title track, Fearless is my favorite or was my favorite yeah it's between fearless or forever and always for me yeah I also I would say forever and always is probably my second so we have that in common oh I also like the way I loved you that's a good one that would have to be like my third Mm -hmm. okay are we including like the the um bonus tracks though because the other side of the door is really good too oh yeah I don't know. I have to admit, I really, I'm not sure. I probably have heard the bonus tracks once or twice, but I do not listen to them. Yeah, like I really one time I was playing Superstar and Aaron was like, what is this song? I was like, oh, oh. I do like Jump and Fall. I really like Jump and Fall. That one's really cute. Yeah. But the other ones, like The Other Side of the Door, Superstar, Today Was a Fairy Tale, untouchable wait untouchable. today was a fairy tale wasn't even on the original album that was uh, a single okay. yeah and it was from true. valentine's day the movie yeah this this yeah. whole re-record was a lot for me to listen <laughs> yeah. to i listened to it um yesterday i made pancakes for breakfast and i listened to it while i was making pancakes that sounds like something taylor herself would do yeah so, so it was good but okay so what song would you say improved the most on the re-record? Let's just start with that. What song do you think improved the most on the re-record? Improved the most. I would have to say The Way I Loved You. Mm. Okay. I felt I the same way. Mm-hmm. I would say for me, White Horse really stuck out to me when I was mm. listening to the whole thing. And then just now before we started recording this, I listened to a few seconds of it and compared it to the older version. And I was like, wow, this song really sounds to me, in my opinion, a lot better. So what what do you think? I mean, I agree with Elena. Like the first time I listened to the re-records, I stayed up till midnight, of course. I was like, whatever, I'm up. So I'm just going to listen to it. I personally liked Forever and Always. And then I also liked The Way I Loved You, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say my other standout was forever and always the piano version I really like that that one was really good yeah yeah I liked that a lot Mm -hmm. I love how she re-recorded even that I was like damn this is dedication she really went all in in. yeah 
Uh, what other standouts did I have? I would say those two were probably the biggest. Okay, so now, uh, which song do you think suffered the most in the re-recording process? Because as everyone has been saying, Taylor recorded this when she was around 18. So obviously she's a bit older now. Her voice has changed. She's had more life experience, etc. So maybe some of that youthfulness in her voice has gone away with time. So which songs or song do we think maybe doesn't sound quite the same in a worse way, I guess? Um, I don't know. I feel like she sounds like different, but so similar in all mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. But if I would have to say like which one, I feel like like forever and always is just such a like it, it's so petty and it's so yeah. like like I feel like her today would not write such a petty song in that sense <laughs> yeah it, like in the sense of like just like this stupid like breakup mm-hmm. situation with this like 27 second phone call like yeah. stuff um she definitely still writes petty songs that's for sure but mm-hmm. like in that sense I feel no, like that I agree. One is just where like it's like it just doesn't match like her 30 year old voice anymore mm-hmm. I don't know why that one worked for me. I yeah, I was about to say that's one song where Emmy and I disagreed. Yeah. I I didn't like the well, I liked it, but I prefer the original Forever and Always to the new one. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I'd probably say for the same reasons as you said. I just I like the original better, but I do like the piano version, the new one. Yeah, I, I liked too. Forever and Always. I don't know. I was literally like one o'clock when I listened to it. So maybe I was like delirious, but I did like that one. Mm-hmm. But Aaron and I both agree that Hey Steven definitely. Mm-hmm. That was going to be my next one. Because it's such a youthful song. And it's like, it, is. it doesn't hit the same with a 31 year old. But Yeah. And the original version of that song too, I feel like she sounds especially young more yeah. so than the other songs on Fearless. So for the new version it just doesn't sound quite right I mean she still sounds great but yeah yeah I I think it's so cute how she added the little laugh in that one I know I was so happy it's so cute she was very very precise (laughs) yeah there was one thing that I also didn't like the way that it transitioned into the new one in the song breathe like in the intro right at the beginning there's like this guitar thing where it like the guitar sound I don't know what it's called in a guitar sound but like do you know what I'm talking about and in the beginning and it goes like it makes this like like guitar noise that like that's cool it's just a cool guitar noise in the beginning that's not in the new one I don't know what it's called or how to even explain it but I was disappointed to find that wasn't there my second is probably breathe too because that's another one where it's so like teenagery, like I can't breathe without you, blah blah blah. Yeah. And that's just another thing where it's like her voice um doesn't have the same youthfulness, obviously, and it kind of suffered because of that. But you know, she yeah. had to do what she had to do. Yeah. And I would say my second, if I had to choose, honestly, would be love story. And I was a little scared for the re-recordings because maybe it's just me and the way I hear things, but that recording of love story to me almost sounds like washed out in a way like the production is just kind of weird on it in my opinion and I was a little afraid that the other songs would be washed out especially when or washed out I don't know if that's the right term but like you mean her voice was kind of lost over yeah the yeah almost and when we got you all over me 
that was also more like a folklore production almost. And I was a little scared that we would have like that sort of a situation. But I think for me, that was like a one-off. And that's just my my personal opinion of how I hear love story. But the rest of them, I think, sounded great. And I mean, they all sound basically identical. And if you're not familiar with the songs the way we are, you probably... Yeah, Maybe you probably wouldn't even it. tell the difference. Um, what did we think of You Belong With Me, like the biggest song on Fearless? How do you think I, that went out? What, uh, I think it was good. I think that she, I think she did that one right for sure. Yeah. And I saw an article or something. I don't know. Maybe it was a review. Doesn't really matter. But someone had written that with You Belong With Me, they're like, this sounds like a song that she's sung like hundreds and hundreds of times over the years it sounds very lived in and I was like that's actually a good point some of these songs she probably hasn't sung in like that's so true. 10 years but you belong with me I she's know. always performing so that one probably turned out better because of that that's very true there's a lot of songs that she probably like that are just one like especially the bonus track songs like super yeah. song oh, yeah. stuff like there's no way she's sung those songs in so long I wonder how long it took her just to study all the songs like study all her mannerisms in the songs because yeah. she has it so similar that she, she did an interview about that really? I don't remember what she said but she was saying how she studied for so long to get it probably it, like, took perfect. forever and then like you were saying some of the songs that she probably hasn't touched in years and years like superstar what else like tell me what like, yeah of these yeah. random songs off of fearless that she hasn't touched in years, I'm sure. Like, she's probably like, oh, shoot, I got to study the lyrics on this. <laughs> hmm All right. So do we want to get into the fault tracks? I was just going to no. say, the second I started listening, I started with Fearless, and I got full body chills when the first little bars oh, came yeah. up. When it's like, do, do, do. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> And it's also so perfect, too, because it's, like, I don't even know if this was her intention, but, like, with Fearless, for that to be the first re-record that she releases, it's so fitting. Just the it idea of fitting. Fearless mm-hmm. and, like, going against Scooter and Scott, you That's probably why she did it. I would say that's yeah. a pretty big reason. And, and then, then we oops. know at the that one award show when she wore that, like, um shirt with all the names she had fearless on the back mm-hmm. and it's just like that's another chill that was probably an easter egg because she probably yeah. did that this woman does not sleep i know <laughs> it's insane I, crazy but we can get into that after we talk about mm-hmm. specific songs just the, the whole thing in general yeah i saw also someone was saying she'll probably do well i would say she will do 1989 next just because there is that one trailer with Wildest Dreams in it. Well, I was going to say that for the end. We'll talk about what we think she'll do next. Yeah, but there's also the chance that part of the reasoning for doing Fearless is that two of her biggest songs around Fearless, Love Story, and You Belong With Me. So maybe she wanted to get those out there as soon as possible to put in like commercials and movies yeah. and whatever else. True. So, vault track. Let's open the vault. <laughs> so we have in the vault you all over me featuring Marin morris which we got a couple weeks ago i think it was Mm -hmm. and mr perfectly fine which she just put out a couple days ago 
Then the rest are brand new, haven't been heard. We were happy, that's when. Don't you and bye-bye baby. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. let's discuss. What is your favorite song from the vault? Um, mine, it's either Bye Bye Baby or Mr. Perfectly Fine. Okay. I think they're the most fearless sounding songs mm-hmm. from the vault. That's good because Aaron and I don't like Bye Bye Baby. Yeah. I like that one. It didn't really stand out to me, but I liked all of them, but it wasn't a standout. Yeah, they're all like decent. They're My okay. favorite, I would say, is probably Mr. Perfectly Fine because it is it's just so catchy. Yeah, and it's very fearless. It's super petty, yeah. very much like Forever I and Always. It. And I really, yeah, it's just really cute. I like it a lot. You can definitely so tell. Just got here. You really did. It. You really did. Emmy? My favorite is definitely Don't You by Miles and Miles and Miles. So good. So that good. Was very good. So 1989. Um, I would say my second favorite is That's When featuring Keith Urban. Yeah, I, I would to say, say that's that, my second favorite. That it was featuring him. He sounded really good. I think their voices meshed well together. Mm-hmm. And. Again, this is what everyone's always saying. I just find it funny the way Marin Morris only got background, but then Keith got a whole solo. And Colby. <laughs> well, yeah, Colby. We need to respect too. Colby. Well, that's kind of like a trend with her. I don't know if yeah. you guys have noticed, but like oh, anytime definitely. she has a woman featured, like they're always mm-hmm. like more background vocals. And then anytime it's like Ed Sheeran or that guy yep. from mm-hmm. that one band. Snow Patrol. <laughs> from Snow Patrol. Um, yeah, it's like always like a duet or mm-hmm. Bonnie Bear. Marin Morris respect respects. Marin Morris deserves better. Colby deserves better. And yeah, I just find that weird. I'd love to know her reasoning for it. I feel like she should just say what it is. Cause everybody, I feel like it's very much talked about now, especially after uh, Evermore Hi. with Heim having like the little background vocal moment also. I feel like she should just come out and say why she does it. And then in Haim's song, Gasoline, they gave her a whole verse. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to know the reasoning. I know that there is one, but Mm -hmm. I I don't know what it is. I just wish Mary could have her own verse. I love her. Yeah, she's good. Yeah, let's... uh, Okay, so with the vault track, We Were Happy, that one, I don't know if you guys caught this, but it totally mirrors like Champagne Problems. It just sounds like the same type of like situation of like these two people Mm -hmm. were like super happy and in love and then the one girl was just like I can't do this yeah and then she like leaves him that's so so true like it literally is like the same song but from like 10 years ago it's crazy yeah I think she definitely has themes that she likes to use and that are like running through her head because I think I even texted you this like with you all over me maybe I didn't but I said that she has similar themes because we were texting about that but with you all over me, that has very similar themes to clean and even like no amount of freedom gets you clean. Yeah, the lyrics. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that's very, um, that's a good parallel to that. So I, I don't know, I, she must have just these stories and themes and ideas that are like running through her head. Maybe she just reuses them subconsciously or consciously. I don't know, but it's, it's interesting, but she still has a lot of very unique songs. Not trying to say that she recycles things over and over. And in Mr. Perfectly Fine, she says, 
casually uh, cruel. Casually cruel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in King of My Heart, I'm perfectly fine. Yeah, on my own. We love that. Oh, true. I didn't even catch that. So yeah, oh. she definitely took. She was like, "Well, I have these unreleased tracks. Why not recycle them in new songs and like use the themes?" You know. So yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's if yeah, like if. Uh, all of a sudden I can't talk I wonder if she did do that if she goes back to these vault songs that were never released and is like "Mm, these songs aren't good enough to be on an album but maybe I can pull some themes from it maybe I can yeah because um well we see it with casually cruel yeah she was probably like wow that's a really good line I'm gonna use that for all too well so well I know that most artists when they make an album they have like 200 tracks that they write Mm -hmm. And then, like, only 15 make it on the album. So with Taylor, with her writing 24-7, she must have, honestly, maybe in the thousands of unreleased (laughs) songs at this point. So you know that she has all these lyrics that she's repurposing for album songs. Mm -hmm. That's crazy, too, to think that she probably has so many more songs than just the ones that we got in the vault. Like, Mm -hmm. thinking about how she, like, chose which vault songs to, like, put on there and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, they definitely have to be the ones that she originally wanted on fearless and then yeah yeah her company just didn't want her to put them on there for whatever reason yeah because in her album liner I think it was or maybe she even said this when she announced it but she kept reiterating the fact that these uh like vault tracks would paint a full picture of what fearless was supposed to be and then I think she wrote something like they're either like a breakup song and her label said there are too many breakup songs already Mm -hmm. you can't have this on here or like it's too similar to something else but yeah I'm sure that there are many many more songs that could have made it onto Fearless but didn't so it's I wonder what made her choose these in particular I would say with the vault tracks like it probably is the songs that almost made the cut Mm -hmm. for the album Mm -hmm. like a lot of artists have like you know five or ten songs that they're considering and then they cut at the last minute so but then I'm sure she has like hundreds of other songs that didn't even get recorded record yeah recorded (laughs) um so yeah yeah like I mean I I know like years ago like when this album came out and like debut is out and stuff there were so many unreleased songs that were like somehow they were like recorded somewhere but they weren't Mm -hmm. like released onto the albums and I, I'm still hoping for those to be recorded. But oh, me too. There's some good ones. There's like I'd lie, permanent marker. Oh, I heart question mark. Gosh. Oh yeah. <laughs> She's got to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we know that Scott Borchetta had a huge hand in the songs that she released and everything like that mm-hmm. because we know famously for 1989 he wanted her to throw in a few country songs, but she said nope. I am doing a pop album. You have to trust me. And he's like, nah, 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 nah. You, you're going to lose all your fans. You're going to lose all your country fans. Nah. Taylor knows best. And we <laughs> all know that. She's clearly doing fine. Yes. <laughs> I think she... 50 million stream debut this for this album. Yeah. Yep. Number Crazy. seven debut of any female album on Spotify for an old album. It's insane. <laughs> so... She just said I a hope big Scott is actually Peter Braun and Scott. I yeah, hope they're literally really good. So I do love we it. do we want to talk about just 
the uh like the impact of this what it means and like move on from actually talking about the album itself and its implications do we have anything else about the vault we didn't really like yeah I guess we didn't talk that much about it but (laughs) I to be honest I really haven't listened to them that many times so these are just first impressions but if you have anything else to add I think Don't You is a beautiful song. I think it's signaling the fact that 1989 is next. Um, It's pure Jack Antonoff. It it really reminded me of a Carly Rae Jepsen song, Heartbeat, that was on her album, uh, Dedicated Side B. It sounds a lot like that. It's really good. And also, it's really interesting, I will say, for The Vault, the song that Taylor played backwards in the promo for The Vault was Don't You, which Mm -hmm. is weird. It's a weird pick. Oh, but okay. Yeah. That whole thing was so funny. I know. With all the what do you call them? Um Easter eggs? No. The when you have like a bunch of different the anagrams. Yes, yes. Yeah. That was so That extra. was so funny. I when she did that, I was like, I'm gonna wait like maybe ten minutes and I'm Oh yeah, it came in like five and somebody's gonna do it. And then I was like mm-hmm. yeah. on Twitter and I found it and I was like, perfect. There's no bounds to her easter eggs yeah really there aren't okay now we can talk about the implication <laughs> okay <laughs> alina any last thoughts on fearless uh the vault tracks bonus tracks anything you want to add Not really no all right yeah it's still new to us it just came out the- yesterday so these are our very first impressions and i'm sure we will have more opinions in the future but we haven't had too much time to listen to it so yeah, let's let's get into just what the this means, <laughs> the implications, the mm-hmm. impacts. It just gives me chills that now she owns Fearless again. Mm-hmm. Um, she's on her way to owning all of her albums yet again. It shows me that Scooter was a clown for spending all the money for this when she could have just re-recorded and now all these songs will be in movies and whatever. For the rest of time and it's going to mm-hmm. be taylor's version um the fact that it got 50 million streams over 50 million streams is unbelievable for an older album like, yeah it's just you can't it's just like unprecedented um taylor has never lost re- uh, relevancy throughout her career and she continues to just go up and up and up and it's mm-hmm. actually insane um absolutely so yeah. I did see, unfortunately, as far as Scooter Braun goes, people are saying it it probably doesn't hurt him that much because he has already sold the Masters to someone else. So it's not really impacting him, but it is still. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it really just demonstrates, obviously, how much this is important or how important this is to her because it's so much work yeah it's just an insane amount of work I can't imagine how long this took like how much organization it took to get musicians to play for it producers everyone and then they all had to study every single track to get every detail exactly the same and she herself had to study the lyrics, how she sang everything. She had to get Colby Calais on board. Like, there's just so much work that went into it. And Keith Urban. And Marin. Yeah, but I'm saying as far as, like, the original tracks. But, yeah, it just obviously is a demonstration of how important it is for her to own 
every single piece of music that she's ever put out there because I sort of was thinking maybe she'll just do like a greatest hits album so she can put these songs like Blank Space, Shake It Off, Love Story so she can put these in movies because those are the songs people are going to want. But no, she wants to own every last bit of music she's ever put out there because Mm -hmm. let's face it, she deserves to. Not to mention all the marketing materials that she's doing now. She had to do a new cover, new everything, Mm -hmm. because she doesn't own the cover of the album or any of the promotional photos taken on the tour or anything. So, Oh, yeah. We didn't really think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So she had to use, I think she used a lot of pictures her brother took on the tour. She did. I saw that. He took a lot of photos like on a professional camera and she used a lot of those images because obviously he let her (laughs) Yeah, Um, because he's her brother. But that just burns me up. It makes me so mad that she couldn't even use a picture of herself. Yeah. Uh, Like as the cover, she had to take all new pictures for the cover. She had to use pictures her brother took because she doesn't own pictures of herself, which is crazy. That's so sad, honestly. I know. It's really it makes me um, sad. Yeah, yeah. It's it's probably a bittersweet moment for her, honestly, because this is great. She has the whole re-recording and now she owns it. She can do whatever she wants with it. But at the same time, there's gotta be some kind of like sadness that the songs she recorded when she was actually going through all this stuff. She'll never own those, she'll never own any of the images, but I think she's probably moved on and, you know, obviously this has been a big success already. So that's good. That's what true. are your thoughts, Alina? Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like this is just such a, I don't know. It's just such a badass move on her end. It really was. All of this. Like, I just kind of love it. And I feel like she's just going to be like remembered for all of this for mm-hmm. so long. Like this, this is uh, it's insane and to do this with every single one of her albums that she doesn't own is just crazy I just like don't know like when I go to listen to songs now like I have to like listen to Taylor's version like I can't go back I wish she would just take the old ones off of Spotify I know so I don't (laughs) it's just really weird like I'm like wait there's two versions of all of these songs like which ones do I listen to now yeah I feel like most of them if not all of them if you put them on a playlist and you're just listening to a playlist in the background, I don't even know if you yeah. notice it's different. Like, Oh, absolutely not. I don't we were so. eating breakfast yesterday, the pancakes I made, and I had my speaker on playing this just kind of in the background. And I was like, you know, honestly, with it just being background music, not even really listening, like I would never know it's a different recording. Yeah. yeah. She has like a little less of a country twang, but... That's true. Country t- her country twang was never real anyway. So <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it was a little put on because, you know, she's from Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. But it's just everything <laughs> she's doing is unprecedented. And she just mm-hmm. continues to hit milestones that other artists had never even done. It's just yeah. she keeps outdoing herself. She really does. That's the craziest part is that. I mean, she's been at this for a while now, her career in music, and she just keeps, like you said, outdoing herself. She keeps extending all her records, breaking new records. The only woman to win three album of the years. Yep. Hell yeah. So I'm it's just, just like worried. I'm worried that this is going to be her like finale, though. Like, I'm worried that like she re records all of these 
and like that's it. But I don't think that's what's gonna happen. I don't think like, there's no, no way she's writing twenty four seven. She's only thirty one too. I mean, she started. Yeah, but like, so I feel young. like she's gonna want to like start a family with Joe. You know, I guess time will tell. I definitely think after the re recordings are done, she's gonna go away for a while and take a break. But personally, I feel like most of them probably are done already. I, I think they're all too. done. Yeah, because we have talked about this. I don't really see how she's going to, like, stretch this out over, like, like two years. I think people are going to lose interest pretty quickly. I feel like it's kind of got to be, like, a bing-bang, boom type of situation. I think she'll do another big rollout for 1989, which I believe is next. But then after that, I feel like she'll just drop them. Okay. Because 1989 is her biggest album. I feel like the next one, she'll probably, it'll probably come out, like, June, July, Maybe. I'm yeah. thinking like May or June. Really? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I would assume it's done since she did have Wildest Dreams playing that trailer, unless yeah. she just had that one done. But obviously she's been working on it. So I heard rumors that people were thinking like Speak Now would come out on July 9th because of Last Kiss. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> that would be. I don't I, know if petty is the right word, but it's also a fr- it's also a Friday, oh, so it's like a mm. very possible day that an album could be released. Hmm. Interesting. We I shall see. Cannot wait for 1989. I can't I wait for the vault tracks. Now. Yeah, the yeah. vault tracks of 1989 are going to kill me. What, vault tracks of reputation would be insane. Oh my god! Oh my like that's what I'm <laughs> most excited. That's when for. I literally sing. Like I, I literally. That's going to be so weird, too, because she sounds very similar. Like, Reputation was not that long ago. No. That was four years ago. Like, that was not that long ago. She sounds very similar to that. Like, she was definitely very grown into her voice by then. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be so weird for her to re-record those songs because it's going to really sound so Yeah, similar. I would say Reputation. And even 1989, I feel like she sounds pretty much the same. So her I feel like just yeah. 1989 and Reputation will sound very, very similar. And Speak Now, Red... Obviously, debut. her debut album will sound very different. Well, not very different, but somewhat different. Debut is going to sound a lot different. I wonder why she didn't start with that one. I don't know. I would just because Fearless is an album of the year win. Yeah, I like think her, Fearless her is just biggest. like more well known. And I guess her debut has a few big songs, but I feel like most of it people don't really listen to that much. And I do think fearless just the idea that it's called fearless that was probably a consideration that that just was good for marketing purposes do we think harry will be featured on 1989 i, I do personally not. i think he's going to be on a vault track i'm manifesting I will, it i would pass away i would simply pass away <laughs> i could I see it be able to handle it did you see them it. talking at the grammys yes. that video that's my favorite video on youtube like forever like i love the people that are like hypothesizing like what they were talking about with like little things it's like do you you think they know that we committed vehicular manslaughter (laughs) i i think that there's a good chance that he will be on it i do because that would be like that would be amazing promotion like everybody would listen to it and then they're like and then it'll be less petty too because like you know what they're cool now it's fine they're doing a song together i feel like they're friends i feel like they are I feel like them are. being together, I feel like their relationship was very publicized anyway. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think it was as deep as, like, 
like songs like out of the woods make it seem like it was I feel like it really wasn't that like I think it was more of a surface level relationship than anything else I think they're friends that's my yeah I don't think anything like bad happened between them so I also (laughs) I suspect Katy Perry might be on a 1989 Mm -hmm. vault track as well I would say that's even more likely than Harry being on one because if we're gonna do two features yeah for each set of vault tracks like we had Keith Urban, Maren Morris, Man Woman, 1989, Katy Perry, Harry Styles I like imagine Harry taking a verse on a Taylor song like uh, that's when I would, I would just go love, I, I would love to hear him like on one of her songs that we has already released like one of her already released like out of the woods that's I just feel like she wants all of those songs to be the way that they are just so yeah they can I know be, I think like, so too marketed I guess that's in my awesome. ideal world she would do like a style remix with oh that style. was so good <laughs> and instead of I've got that oh, uh, I would short skirt. What is it? I can't think of the lyrics out of the blue. Whatever. Um, her know. red lipstick shorts. Um, he oh. says, instead of her singing that part, he sings, she's got that red lipstick thing. That I like. Red, <laughs> red lip. Yeah. Classic. Oh, yeah. She's got red that red lip, lip classic, classic thing. thing I like. You like. <laughs> I'm also going to manifest a Niall Horan vault track and either speak now or red that sounds good to me maybe yeah. speak now do you think um hmm. let's see who else could be in her vault track some people said Carly Rae Jepsen for 1989 or, oh wait what about Dua Lipa or Dua Lipa for 1989 that'd, that'd be, be everything I think Selena Gomez might yeah oh yeah her I could see her for like red or speak now yeah. Lots of possibilities. Taylor has a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, true. anybody would jump at the chance to be on a Taylor Swift album. Absolutely. So <laughs> Absolutely. She's got a lot of options. For sure. The last thing I want to say about it is I'm really curious to see how this whole re-recording process and how the whole debacle of Taylor not owning her masters and trying to get them back but not being able to so now she has to resort to re-recording them I'm curious to see how that impacts the music industry in the future and if there are any changes made because of this and who knows like maybe there will even be some kind of legislation that Taylor can help work on I'm just curious to see the like more far out future implications of this and how this entire process will affect artists' rights as a whole. Mm -hmm. I remember like when it first came out, Elizabeth Warren and AOC were both like very passionate about it, like getting artists to own their own stuff. So maybe Mm -hmm. it can be legislated. I don't know. And I think we were talking about this the other day. I mean, we were saying we could definitely see Taylor eventually, maybe even after this, like you were saying, this is her finale, (laughs) but like maybe in the future, she'll still release music on her own, but who knows, maybe she'll transition into starting her own label and like advocating for artists directly artists rights through her own label and signing people Definitely. and maybe she'll focus more on that instead of writing her own music um 
but like while still recording some music well I saw that a lot of people believe that she is writing with Aaron Desner for the is it big red what is it big red machine or something their band yeah it's something like that it's really close No, oh. <laughs> Aaron Desner and like the National and then Bon Iver Justin all, Vernon, yeah. Or, yeah, they all have a band together and it's like super similar to Big Machine Records. I think it might be Big Red Machine. It's Big know. Red Machine, yeah. That's, <laughs> That's interesting. Thought. Yeah. A lot of people believe Taylor is writing for them right now for their album. Probably. So, or like some of the cut tracks from Folklore will be on that album or something. Her brain must not stop. Like songs just <laughs> must run through it. Like it's really yeah. It's like hard to just even comprehend how talented she is in every single sense. Like she's an amazing songwriter. She's an amazing working. performer. Yeah, and then so she's good with that. Obviously, she's an incredible artist. But then on the other side, she's an insane businesswoman mm-hmm. and is able to market herself better than probably anybody else. And just has like an incredible business savvy and like her tours she designs all of that it's crazy yeah so i would she's say that's freaking insane man yeah she's definitely a genius and she's really <laughs> scary sure. but <laughs> i also I love her i wouldn't ever want to be on her bad side that's what i mean like how i would no one better cross her path again because i don't know why they scooter braun didn't realize like after she writes all these songs about people and how like petty and like savage she can be how like he didn't think that was going to happen to her to him yeah and I don't know why this shamrock 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 (laughs) place bought these masters when she had already come out and said she had already came out and said that she was going to re-record all her albums like did they just think she was bluffing did they not believe her they're like oh we're gonna buy the masters for like 300 million dollars because they're gonna be worth that much once she starts this re-recording process they're literally not so (laughs) i mean they're probably still be worth something but definitely not as much as they were worth yeah for sure yeah because anyone who wants to use a taylor swift song is going to look bad if they use the original so (laughs) they better not use the original (laughs) i know well, they can't because she can still say no. Yeah. So they have mm-hmm. to use the new version if they want to use Taylor's song. I love it. But yeah, she is a genius. And like I said, she's a little scary, but it's... Uh, badass. <laughs> gotta love it. Gotta love it. Um, any last thoughts on this fearless re-recording? I just had a random thought when you were saying about how the vault tracks would paint the full picture i think we're definitely going to see more of um like recycled lines and stuff like that yeah definitely i think that's what Mm -hmm. she means by that yeah that actually makes sense so she knew that everyone would go crazy when it said um casually casually cruel cruel. like that kind of stuff oh i have a last thought too do you think when the red re-record comes out will we have the 10 minute version of all too well yeah. i do yeah i feel like that's gonna be one of the vault situations yeah, i do too. i think so or like a bonus track or whatever i think she'll mm-hmm. re-record the original all too well but i think she'll also yeah. add that yeah I that's will, what I, meant. I think she'll probably add it that <laughs> apparently has the word fuck in it so i'm i'm ready damn i think she definitely will re re mm. <laughs> Anyway, I think she will definitely release that along with Red, which I feel like, okay, 
How about this will be the last thing? We all will predict the order of releases and how long it'll take for all, excluding reputation because that can't be done until what, like 2020 next year. So, oh, really? That'll obviously that. be the last one because duh. But excluding reputation, how do you think the order will go and how long do you think there will be in between each release? That'll be our last thing. I think it'll go next 1989 then red then speak now and then debut and i think it'll be like either a month or two months between okay yeah i agree that debut is going to be the last one before reputation to come out i think um then i i personally feel like she's going to go in order up until then but that's Mm -hmm. just me and then also like two months or so in between i'm gonna say I guess that she starts out with fearless. That's gonna be my first guess. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, anyway, so next I would say 1989, and then I feel like she's been having a lot of clues regarding Speak Now, also. So I think it's gonna be 1989, Speak Now, then Red, or you know what? No, I'm gonna say then debut. This is wow. this is a controversial 1989 hot take. Speak now, <laughs> debut, then red, and then obviously reputation. And I think there's gonna be maybe a month between each. The reason I think she's gonna do debut before red is because she needs to keep people interested in this. And I feel like not that many people are interested in debut. So she'll release that and then be like, okay. Then we're going to do red, which a lot of people will be interested in. Because if she saves debut for last, I feel like it's going to be kind of fizzled out. But I mean, it's not going to be technically last because I would assume reputation will be. But who knows? One final question. (laughs) What vault tracks are you looking the most forward to of what album? 1980. Reputation. I haven't decided. Yeah, I would I would be between those two as well, 1989 and Reputation, but I think I would be more excited for Reputation. Yeah, I'm going to say. And the 10-minute all too well. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Alina. Thanks for having me again, guys. This is super fearless. fun. Let's all be fearless. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's live live our lives fearlessly. Bye. Bye. Bye.